0: You're listening to the voice of the private sector. Welcome to Brian Bushlack's business briefing. And And we come to you from our Portland studio this weekend. Glad you could join us wherever you may be across the region. Summer is just around the corner. Of course, in the Northwest, we know it's not officially summer until what, July 5th, but Hey, one thing's for sure. The summer real estate selling season is officially underway. The markets remain red hot in Seattle and Portland. That'll be our focus on this edition of the show. Coming up in about 30 minutes, you'll want to stick around for Zillow's economic research director. Some very interesting tidbits on the Portland and Seattle real estate markets. We're also going to talk about Amazon's search for HQ2, the impact that's having already ...on cities around the country. A little bit later, we're going to take you to Southern Oregon... ...for what many believe is now the biggest and best wine event of the summer. It's the Oregon Wine Experience in Jacksonville. It's coming up in August. We'll preview that event. Great cause as well. That and much more. First, though, we're talking real estate... ...and let's talk about one of the most successful family businesses in the Northwest. Windermere Real Estate, founded by John Jacoby in 1972. Starting with a small office... And over the past 45 years, growing to become the largest homegrown real estate company in the region with over 7,000 agents now. I spent time recently with the brother and sister team, co-presidents and co-owners, Obi Jacoby and his sister, Jill Jacoby Wood, who has been working in the family real estate business since she was a kid.
1: I have been, I've really kind of worked every single job in this company Um, back to when it was six agents till today. Doing, like I said a little bit of everything
0: now he had the opportunity to come back into the family business and I want to talk about that because you know real estate is hard enough as it is just on your own but having a family business in real estate you invite the little brother into this too right the, the one brother of all these girls it could open up all sorts of issues couldn't
1: it it actually has been great um, I, I think the more the merrier in a family business we need all the help we can get from each other Um but The way to really be able to run a family business is to work in the family business. And he was willing to step up and become a real estate agent and really work his way from, we call it the top of our agents, but some people would consider that the entry level of real estate um, up into what he's doing now, the same way I had to do it.
0: Jill Jacoby Wood and Obi Jacoby joining us here at Windermere headquarters. Um, what was that like for you? I mean, you you know kind of went out and did your own thing. You certainly knew about the family business. You come back into this, and you got to do a little bit of everything too. It sounds like.
2: Yeah, I certainly did. Um, you know, when I came into the business at 25, I don't think I really realized how the um, the gravity of what I was getting into. I was like, oh, great, I have a job as a real estate agent or something like that, and. And it took about five years for me to really realize that this is a very, very long business that we look forward to passing it to our children. And when you change your mindset in that way, um, you start making decisions that are much, much different. Uh, You don't worry about the dollar today. You worry about your kids and what kind of company you're gonna be leaving them. And um, you care deeply about its success and the people that are in it. So it it was different when I started than it is today.
0: And you both have touched on this a little bit, but maybe connect the dots for us on successful family business, because so many family businesses in other fields are not successful. There's a lot of uh, issues behind the scenes. Maybe there's uh, financial success, but there's other issues that come with that. How have you been able to to balance all that?
2: Um, You know, I think the word that comes to mind is humility. I think in this business of independent contractors, it's a very, very hard business, and we all all the agents, all the managers, all the owners, Jill and I and Jeff have to work together for a common goal of helping people succeed. And to do that, you got to put your ego aside. um, And you got to run the business in what's right for the business, not necessarily what's right for you personally. And to do that, that's what a family business needs to do. And I think we do that pretty well.
0: Obi Jacoby and Jill Jacoby Wood joining us here. Um, A lot of different real estate companies out there. Um, What is it? that you think sets Windermere apart from the others
1: I always use the word um, we like to say that we have a soul and our business is based on relationships it isn't based on how much money people make it is it is a very collaborative group of people that we work with um, and we do everything to maintain great relationships um, the other thing that's very important to us is our community. We support the community through Community Service Day, the Windermere Foundation. All of our agents are involved in the community in one way or another, whether it's the PTA or coaching their kids' baseball teams. But we really try to foster that
0: and I know that to be true, because Carl Lindor is a good friend of mine, very involved with the Issaquah Food Bank, and uh, a great guy, too, and one of the, I know one of your top agents, so I wanted to get his name into this. And I know that when, when your dad bought the company in 72, and, and we talked about this, so I kind of got the backstory from Obi, you know, he wanted to do something different, elevate this business. And it sounds like you've got this technology platform, you've got this, this back end that probably most, I guess, consumers, most clients don't see that, but it, it sure benefits the agents.
2: Yeah, it certainly does. Um, We've been able to architect and build a technology platform that is good for 200,000 people across the nation. And because of that scale, we get to build really great technology tools for our agent population. I think that's pretty rare in the industry.
0: Okay, let's talk economy now. In this real estate market, we hit the lowest of the lows, 2008, 2009. Uh, It was a bloodletting in the real estate business but for the agents that hung in there, um, the mortgage advisors that hung in there, uh, boy, it has been one heck of a comeback. And uh, I guess the question everybody's asking now is, how much longer can this last? I mean, is it you know is it going to continue?
2: Yeah, you know, first first of all, I, I, I get it all the time, and people find out what we do for a living, and they go, oh my god, you guys must be killing it. And the reality of this market is it is really hard. It's really hard for agents. It's really hard for buyers. It's really great for sellers. But but when you have this kind of shortage of inventory, you know, it puts a strain on the whole community. A buyer makes seven, eight, nine offers before they get a home that they get to go live into. So it is a very, very stressful market. Can this continue? I, I hope not. I mean, I want a balanced market where people can buy a home for a good price. I don't like competition in the way that we're seeing it out there for buyers just struggling to find a home to live in or teachers that are getting priced out of major cities. I think that's really a hard place to be. Unfortunately, I don't see the economy slowing to the point where we're going to see that kind of inventory increase in the next 24 months. Uh, the way we look at it is there's going to be a business, you know, not recession, but a business blip at the end of 2019. That's not going to create a inventory you know, explosion that I think we kind of need as a, as a city here in Seattle, Portland as well.
0: Obi Jacoby and Jill Jacoby-Wood joining us uh, to talk about real estate, their company, Windermere, and uh, a forward look here in this segment. Um, let's talk about the two markets, the two main markets you're in. Of course, this company from Seattle, Portland, also a big market for you. It's interesting because I think a lot of people think, oh, well, Seattle's just a bigger version of Portland, but Portland is a very unique market, isn't it? Very different market.
1: Portland is a really different market. Um, we have partners down there that we work with that really understand the Portland market. We don't pretend to know all of the different markets we're in. We really um, work with the local experts, um, and we've we've got absolutely terrific. Uh, partners down there.
0: And a great point by Jill there. We'll talk much more about that coming up in our next segment after the break. You know, it's a cliche, but it's so true. All real estate is local. And in a white hot market like we're in right now, not only down to the zip code, but down to the neighborhood and even block by block by block to know the homeowners, maybe their past clients. Maybe a listing might be coming on the market. Somebody's moving. To have the inside scoop in this market really gives you a leg up. And these Windermere agents are the best in the business. Of course, uh, the big news last fall, Windermere joining forces with Realty Trust, big name in the Portland market, two big names merging and creating this superpower of real estate. Uh, So congratulations to both teams there on that. We'll talk much more about Windermere, what they're doing in the community, and much more when we come back. If you're not already following along on your phone, visit windermere.com. Because when we come back, Obi and Jill will share their forecast. And the big question, will rising rates cool off the Northwest housing market? I think the answer may surprise you a bit here. Later in the show, we'll take you to Southern Oregon for the biggest and what many now believe is the best wine event of the summer. That and much more ahead on Business Briefing. You're listening to Brian Bushlack's Business Briefing. And the weekend is underway. Thanks for joining us on The Voice of the Private Sector. And back to continue our conversation now with Jill Jacoby-Wood and Obi Jacoby. They're the co-owners and co-presidents of Windermere Real Estate. And we'll pick it up where we left off. The question, will rising interest rates actually be a good thing for the real estate market? I know that sounds crazy. Rising rates, less buying power, but with things as hot as they are, Will that cool off the market enough to free up some inventory and I guess normalize the market or not? I asked Obi for his forecast.
2: Uh, It certainly will cool things off a smidge. I wouldn't expect it to be have a massive impact. We're still at historically low interest rates. Um, And in urban markets like this, where you have massive amounts of tech workers coming in, having high earning potential, I don't know that it's going to make that big a difference here in the, in the center of town. As you spread out from urban areas, I think that does become an issue, and I think inventory will start to increase in those areas.
0: So, uh, you know, we get into an economy like this, we never want to be, you know, we've both been around the block a few times now, you know, what's out there that looming that, I mean, if you is there a blind spot? Is there something that, you know, you keep an eye on that maybe nobody else does?
2: Well, I think everybody's keeping an eye on it because it's in the press all the time. And whatever your city council is doing out there to, to increase taxes or what kind of levy they're going to put on your city to either make businesses come or make businesses go, I think is something that needs to be watched. Ours here in Seattle is contemplating or uh, head tax. Um, and a lot of people in Seattle are signing petitions to say we're not going to do that. Um, so governmental intrusion, if you will, into different things, whether it's from a federal or state or city aspect, I think is something that we all should be watching.
0: And I guess in financial planning, we would call that external factors. But in the Seattle market, Portland also as well, it's very internal specific to the city core. Okay. Um, tough market. So, you know, there's that misconception that everybody's killing it right now because, hey, the market's so hot and we see that in the headlines. But um, maybe, Jill, what do you have for advice? Let's start with uh, buyers, especially out there who, you know, there's not a whole lot to choose from. And when there is, uh, it goes fast. Obviously, you got to be working with a great agent, right?
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say is the first thing is to find an agent that really is hyper-local, with their market, it's important that they are well respected amongst the in the real estate industry because they'll be working with another agent. Um, it, 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 you've got to figure out your finances. You've got to be pre-qualified. You've got to get comfortable with what your agent tells you. You may have to do, um, and I think a lot of buyers don't really trust that for their first couple of offers. Once they get the hang of what has to happen for them to be able to buy, they do it. A lot of people are kind of taking a back seat to buying a home right now. More is coming on, so they're starting to get back into the market, which is great. Certain price ranges are not seeing multiple offers. That's starting to be a disappointment to sellers. But trust your agents. Pay attention to what they're saying. They know what's happening in this market every day.
0: You know, it's interesting living out in Issaquah. Uh, you know, we moved here; our home was seven hundred thousand. Now at one point four, and then you'd see homes in the neighborhood at you know in the twos, and go, "No way!" And then gone right two days later so i guess it's starting to cool off maybe a little bit maybe some of those high-end air but but still you've got these specific pockets around seattle that are so special they're they're near transit um whatever it may be that you know these micro markets that are still you got to know who you're, you're working with and they need to know the market right
1: you, you have to be able to trust somebody to guide you through this process because it is just so difficult right now
0: how about sellers um you know They've been, I guess, having all the leverage here the last few years. Is it still a situation where, hey, you can pretty much put your home on the market sight unseen, or is there any movement there?
1: It depends. It depends on location. It depends on where you price your home. Homes that are being overpriced right now are not selling right away. Um, Certain locations are not selling, certain price points it's still a great time to be a seller. If we could get more houses on the market, I think we would attract actually more buyers to the market. Um, so yeah, it's a great time to be a seller, but you have to be really careful in getting it priced correctly and getting it staged properly. Jill
0: Jacoby-Wood and Obi Jacoby joining us here at Windermere Real Estate. Um, I got to ask you, while I have the two of you together, um, we live in, uh, They're calling it the next Bay Area, which, (laughs) right? I mean, you have to shake your head at that. But the reality is all the tech that we have here, led by, of course, Amazon, Microsoft, and and all the the companies in this market. Um, Real estate, though, to me, will always be this personal, emotional thing. Okay? So what I got to ask both of you to comment on is the fact that, you know, we have some big tech players in this market that are either in the real estate space or thinking about getting into the real estate space or making that move. Um, How realistic is that? I mean, it's one thing to buy a shower curtain off Amazon or a book or many other things. And we all love Amazon, of course, but a a real estate transaction is, that is a unique experience. And that's the key word, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it is an incredibly emotional experience. If you're a seller. Just starting the process is hard, let alone going through the pricing, the staging, the packing, the what's next, the oh, my gosh, I'm leaving my family home to somebody else. That's an emotional roller coaster. Um, And as a buyer, like Jill said, the guidance through the process is just paramount. Um, I, I think it will always be an infrequent emotional thing that is going to need guidance. Um, and because you only do it once every 10, 15, 20 years, you need somebody to help you through it. And I think that will always be the case.
0: How about you, Jill?
1: Oh, I 100% agree. I just think that the, the emotional roller coaster um, to both buy and sell a home, you, you need a professional to help you.
0: What makes you most proud? Here we are to wrap this thing up. You get up every morning, you're busy. everybody's going I mean I swear we're busier now than we ever have been um uh, what what makes you proud about what you do uh
1: the people that we get to work with one hundred percent i I'm proud of the professionalism that they evoke. I'm proud of um how they give back to the community and to each other i'm I'm really proud of the people in our company, and that's what makes our company.
0: Well, there you go. Easy to see why Obi and Jill Jacoby and their people are so successful. Great family business. And they also invest a ton of time and money in their local communities all across the region, whether it's through the Windermere Foundation or just local agents giving back. A lot of these things you don't even see or hear about, they've been doing that for years. It's really in the the DNA of, of Windermere. Great to spend time with Obie and Jill. want to thank them for taking a time out in the middle of an office move, nonetheless. So congrats on the new office in Seattle. And if you're not already following along with us on your phone, visit Windermere.com. Great website. You can search properties, find an agent. And I cannot stress this enough. We talked about this with Jill. She gave us a few buying and selling tips in that segment the cliche that all real estate is local is so true in this market. Work with an experienced agent, someone you trust, someone who knows that neighborhood. Write down each door by door if possible. When we come back, the Real Estate Conversation continues. Interesting interview coming up with Zillow's Economic Research Director, Aaron Terrazas We'll talk about the impact of Amazon's HQ2 search on the cities they have their sights set on. Plus, behind the scenes, some numbers on the Portland and Seattle real estate markets that may surprise you. That's up next on Business Briefing. Brian Bushlack is back with business briefing and crossing the bottom of the hour. Welcome back to the voice of the private sector. I'm Brian Bushlack in our Portland studio this weekend. Glad you could join us wherever you may be. And maybe you're out looking at real estate this weekend. I want to thank Obi Jacoby and Jill Jacoby Wood for joining us. They are the co-owners and co-presidents of Windermere. Great couple of segments with them. And we keep that theme throughout the show. Now it's time to talk specific data in the Portland and Seattle market with Zillow's Economic Research Director, Aaron Terrazas. Aaron, glad you could join us. Let's start with the Northwest housing markets, two of the hottest real estate markets in America, Seattle and Portland. Give us the latest numbers from each of these markets. It appears we're not going to see a slowdown anytime soon.
3: Thank you, Brian. and And, and that's right. So if you look back over the past half decade, um, kind of these, these two Northwest markets have been some of the hottest housing markets in the country. You look back from, from 2010, basically through, through 2016, they kind of moved in sync, um, you know, leading any national list of home value appreciation, of rent appreciation. Now, that, that has changed a little bit in the past year and a half to two years. Um, the Seattle market has continued kind of at a, a really breakneck pace. Seattle home values are, are appreciating almost 15% um, a year right now. Um, But if you look over roughly since summer 2016, late summer 2016, the Portland housing market has slowed um, pretty substantially. Um, The the Portland housing market kind of looks like it it peaked out um, around 15% of annual appreciation in in July 2016 is now about 6.4% appreciation. So, you know, less than half of the pace it was um, a, ha- a year and a half ago. You kind of see the same thing in, in rents. Um, kind of now, rents have slowed in, in a little bit in both markets. Seattle rents are now appreciating at five percent a year. Um, that's nothing like the the ten percent pace we were seeing uh, two or three years ago. Um, by contrast, Portland rents have come down to two point eight percent appreciation. That's just in line with with the national um, pace of, of rent appreciation the first time Portland rents are, are in line with, with the nation as a whole since, since roughly 2013. So a little bit um, of diverging trends in, in these
0: two Northwest cities over the past year and a half. Yeah, it sounds like things have uh, gotten somewhat back to normal in the Portland market, but in Seattle, Bellevue, across the Puget Sound region, uh, things are still white hot, aren't they? That, that,
3: that's, that's very true. Um, we, we have seen um, a little bit of a shifting dynamic. The, the fastest appreciating um, for sale markets, you know, two years ago, we're, we're very much in the city of Seattle, but now we're seeing suburban markets, places like Kirkland, you mentioned Bellevue, um, kind of uh, Bothell um, up on the Northern end of, of Lake Washington. Those are are seeing the fastest home value appreciation right now. And in rent appreciation, you actually see um, Tacoma having the fastest appreciating rents right now in, in the region. Um, I think Obviously, a lot of forces behind that. Um, Seattle, the city, has seen uh, an enormous amount of new construction, a lot of units coming online, and that's helping keep uh, rents somewhat in check inside the city, of course, in check at a very high level, (laughs) whereas Tacoma rents, still very affordable by the region standards, they're seeing some of the fastest rent growth right now.
0: Aaron Terrazos, the Economic Research Director at Zillow, joining us here on Business Briefing. And we're going to talk about the Amazon impact on new markets they're considering for HQ2 in just a bit. But, uh, you know, you talk about what they've uh, really led here in Seattle, this incredible growth in the uh, South Lake Union corridor and outward. And you you look at what it's done to rents in Seattle, and that's got to be the driving force and why Seattle is still uh, among the leaders in the nation, right? <laughs>
3: Sure, you know it's it's job growth what has been driving kind of Seattle's uh, housing market over the past few years, and Amazon is certainly a big part of of that job growth story. But it's obviously not just Amazon. There's all sorts of companies um, that are building up office space in in downtown Seattle. Um, but you're right, there has been kind of over the past half decade, say uh, this enormous jobs boom in that South Lake Union neighborhood. Anyone who knows that neighborhood has has really seen it transform from a you know, um, uh, kind of a, a gritty industrial area of, um, of car lots into kind of these, these sleek high-rises. Um, and, um, and obviously, kind of these, these workers need a place to live. They, they tend to prefer, you know, being relatively close to their jobs. Um, and so you do see kind of the, the neighborhoods that are most popular with, with workers who, who work in South Lake Union, they've seen rents kind of um, increase anywhere from 60 time, 60% faster to, to twice as fast. Um, as as rents in the market as a whole. Um, that said, you know, as I alluded to, when you look at all of the other forces kind of moving the Seattle housing market, the the South Lake Yo- Union jobs boom we estimate explains 16, 17 percent of overall rent growth in in the Seattle metro over the past five years. So n- not trivial, but you know, there are a lot of other things happening. It's it's not just South Lake Union. There's jobs growing across downtown. There's jobs growing in in neighboring areas like, like Wallingford and the University District and Capitol Hill. And also, you know, when you look at the supply side, kind of Seattle is is one of the country's most supply-constrained markets. Um, it's it's very difficult to build, particularly difficult to build that mid-rise or, or low-density um, kind of single-family, family-style uh, housing that, um, that workers tend to prefer once they move, you know, age beyond their, their early 20s and start get start thinking about, about families and, and all of that.
0: This is Business Briefing. I'm Brian Bushlack. We're joined by Aaron Tarazas from uh, Zillow headquarters this weekend. And, uh, you know, this Amazon thing is what everybody's talking about. And as they expand HQ2, you look at other markets out there, they're considering uh, what markets would feel it the most if Amazon moved into their territory.
3: Yeah. So, so when you think about kind of what potential impact kind of these 50,000 new jobs that Amazon is proposing for its, its HQ2, what potential impact could they have on the market? You have to take into account a couple of different factors. First of all, how big is the market? Obviously, in, in a bigger community, 50,000 jobs is less of a big deal than in a smaller community. And in addition, how, how easy or difficult is it to add new units in these markets? So overall, we estimate that Um, Places like Nashville and Denver would see the biggest impact on on rent appreciation. Both of those are, you know, small to mid-sized, not kind of roughly smaller than Seattle, at least, Um, kind of markets um, where, um, you know, rent growth has been on a tear the past few years. And, you know, although they are adding new units, um, prices have been picking up quite a bit. Um, However, those, you know, by our estimates, those are the only two markets that would see um, a bigger impact than than Seattle. Most of the other markets on Amazon's top, you know, 20 finalist list um, either are, are much larger markets that probably can um, more easily absorb those those 50,000 new jobs, or have a, a fantastic record of delivering um, new supply in order to meet demand. Um, you think of a place um, like the DC area, kind of, or, or or Atlanta. One of the both of those, kind of, the, the top two. Two candidates um, often cited as as finalists, um, you know, we estimate kind of less than a a percentage point um, boost to rent appreciation in in any of those markets um, per year. Um, You know, as I said, much bigger markets, um, a lot more developable area um, to add,
0: add supply yeah not talking politics on this show. We never do, and we're not about to start, but it has certainly an impact on these cities. and when you look about the you know the impact of having 50,000 people uh, dropped into your market, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know some markets will be impacted greater than others. There's just no question, right
3: That's right, and you know another thing to consider is that we talk about 50,000 new jobs, that doesn't necessarily mean that 15,000 new people will be moving to these areas, particularly in a bigger market like D.C. A lot of these um, people are going to be local hires. Kind of, there are already robust kind of tech labor markets in, in a lot of these areas um, where Amazon would potentially be able to poach employees away from existing companies in the region. Obviously, in a smaller market, um, you know, they would have to make more of an effort to attract people to,
0: to that area. And thanks to Aaron Tarazas, Zillow's economic research director, for joining us. Some great numbers from the Portland and Seattle markets. The market continues to be hot. Things cooling off a little bit in Portland. And it will sure be interesting to see where Zillow plants the flag for HQ2. When we come back, we'll talk wine, Southern Oregon, home to the biggest and best event of the summer. That's up next on Business Briefing. Back to Brian Bushlack's Business Briefing. And approaching the top of the hour on many of our network stations, news, traffic, and weather, followed by a weekend of entertainment on our network stations on the Radio Northwest Network. Glad you could join us wherever you may be. Brian Bushlack in our Portland studio this weekend here on the Voice of the Private Sector. All about real estate this weekend. Obi Jacoby and Jill Jacoby-Wood from Windermere joining us in our first two segments. And we just heard from Aaron Tarazas at Zillow. Latest data from the Portland and Seattle real estate markets. Now time to close out the show. It's real estate, but it's vineyard property we're talking about in Southern Oregon. And what I now believe is not only the biggest event of the summer, but probably the best event of the summer is the Oregon Wine Experience coming up August 20th through the 26th. That's right, a full week. Now, we, we've got a lot of great wine events, Classic Wines in Portland, Auction of Washington Wines, the Salute Event, which I will MC again this year coming up in November. But I'll tell you what, a full week of activities in Southern Oregon August 20th through the 26th in historic Jacksonville. It's the Oregon Wine Experience. This is all of Oregon coming together in Southern Oregon, which is so great to see. Southern Oregon wines, award-winning wines, not only across the region, but around the world now. To learn more, grab your phone. Here's the site, theoregonwineexperience.com. You can Google it, however you get there check this out for a full week of amazing activities and what's great about southern oregon is it is destination wine country if you're a native oregonian like i am of course you know southern oregon the rogue river crater lake there's so many amazing things to do down there so obviously the wines are showing so well but this is a destination wine event you're going to want to get your accommodations early of course We always stay at the Alon guest suites. That is guaranteed to be sold out. Sorry, but maybe next time, check it out. This event has become so big and really exciting to be down there again for the kickoff event a couple of weeks ago where I had the opportunity to catch up with our friend Floyd Harmon. He's the executive director of Asante. They are behind this special event, and it was good to see Floyd and many friends at the kickoff event. Well, Floyd, here we are again, and this event is always special. It feels to me like it's kind of the unofficial kickoff of summer in Southern Oregon, and this event gets bigger and better every year, doesn't it?
4: It is. Yeah, Brian, great to have you here again. But, yeah, the Oregon Wine Experience 2018 preview party is the is the kickoff. We're really getting ready for uh, the season, uh, prepping for all the events, getting people excited. As you can see, the 300 or so people that are here Uh, are having a great time and it's just a little taste of all the great times we're going to have in August.
0: Okay this event is spectacular because it's a week-long love affair with Oregon wine not just Southern Oregon all of Oregon. I mean it really is amazing that you pull something like that together because it's a big event.
4: Absolutely and this is the only event of its kind in the state that celebrates the full breadth and depth of Oregon wines not just single varietals or single regions but full breadth and depth. So last year, the Oregon Wine Competition had 101 wineries from around the state, representing 13 of the 15 AVA's. They entered over 350 wines. We had 47 varietals involved in that. And it really just shows all the different varietals that Oregon can grow and how great our winemakers are making such terrific wine.
0: It's fun, too. There's so many reasons to come to Southern Oregon. As an Oregon native and Central Oregonian and being down here a lot as a kid and Last 15 years with this show, it's 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 been really exciting to see the region grow, the wines grow, everything down here. It really is amazing, isn't it?
4: Well, absolutely. And you know, this we call this uh, Oregon Wine Experience, it's everything Oregon. And this is a destination wine and culinary event for the entire state. And it is in Southern Oregon. And Southern Oregon represents sort of Oregon on steroids. It has everything Every part of Oregon has to offer in the biggest ways. You got Crater Lake, you got the Rogue River, you got Oregon uh, Shakespeare Festival, the Brit Festival. all the great things about this state are right here. So you can come down, enjoy wines from around the state and really have uh, get the flavors that this whole area
0: has to offer. Asante getting involved, obviously took it to a whole nother level.
4: Well, we've been excited. We bring organizational wherewithal. It's a great partnership we have with the industry. We couldn't do it without them, uh, and it has been great. But people, the, the sponsors, the the wineries, the, the consumers, the people that are showing up, you know, they're really all making it happen, helping us build this up uh, to the type and level of event that will really be significant, not just... Uh, for our state, but for our region, but really for nationally and internationally. We anticipate we'll be attracting people from all around the world who want to experience the full breadth and depth of Oregon Wines and our great hospitality.
0: And a great cause, too.
4: Yes, and 100% of the proceeds, everything we raise goes to Kids Health, where Asante uh, is a Children's Miracle Network hospital. Uh, and so all those proceeds go there or other healthcare programs that we sponsor, cancer, uh, mental health uh our uh, cardiology hospice all those things uh, donors can designate directly into it so it's a great way to combine your personal philanthropy and have a great time support our area our region our state and our wineries it's uh, it's a win-win
0: for everybody and i knew that you had set some pretty aggressive goals for this event and reached them last year raising over a million dollars did that surprise you at all Oh, absolutely. I knew we were going to exceed a million, but I was
4: thinking we'd be more in like five year five or six or seven, so literally in year three. We, uh, as the Oregon Wine Experience, we eclipsed the million dollar mark. Uh, It put us in the top uh, 13 or 14 of charity wine and culinary events in the country. And we're moving up uh, quickly. We're the fastest, we're probably the fastest growing uh, wine and culinary event in the country. So we're excited about that. But it's just all the people coming together to make this happen. And people that have a a great affinity for our state, for our uh, cause, and for our great wine industry what
0: in the past might have been a hurdle to overcome being fairly rural not in a major metropolitan area san francisco a seattle a dallas a miami right is now i think an attraction isn't it to, to be able to come out here where it's i mean everywhere you look there's beauty you mentioned the rogue crater lake everywhere you go there's this beauty surrounding you it, it's it's a good thing it's a week-long event because it really gives you a chance to not only experience the wines and the events, but really all of Southern Oregon, right?
4: Well, absolutely. I mean, this is a destination-style wine and culinary event. I mean, who who doesn't want to get out of town in the traffic uh, to come down and experience this, experience Oregon as it should be experienced, with friends, with with family, with food, wine, it's all those things. And so, yeah, I think it's a great advantage. And again, Southern Oregon is a beautiful place. But people come from all around the world already to go visit Crater Lake, to uh, see a Shakespeare, to fish the rogue. So we've already got that destination. Now we're just giving a reason for people to come in a certain week. So if you're going to travel here anytime, this is the week, because you can, you can take that full week, you can uh, enjoy everything here, and uh, have all the great food and wine. So uh, come and spend the week. We have some great travel partners, uh, some great accommodation deals, uh, and it all ties in in a great way. Well, congratulations. We're looking forward to seeing you this summer. Thanks, Brian. Thanks so much. Take care.
0: That's our great friend Floyd Harmon. He's the executive director of the Asante Foundation. The Asante Children's Miracle Network is the beneficiary of the Oregon Wine Experience. Coming up August 20th. Just around the corner, hard to believe, a little over two months away. And in the weeks to come, we'll continue our countdown, not only here on Business Briefing, but on Vintage as well. As we count down to this special event coming up in August, it's the 20th through the 26th. You heard me right. It is a full week of festivities there. The TheOregonWineExperience.com is the site to check this out. The events, the wine, the cause, and this is all of Oregon coming together. I want to make it very clear We're gathering in Southern Oregon for those spectacular wines there, but we'll have the entire state and all the award-winning wines from Pinot Country in the Willamette Valley, Eastern Oregon, Southern Oregon, up and down the valley. Of course, the Columbia Gorge as well. This has become, very quickly the past few years, the biggest event of the year, and I would argue probably the best as well because it's a week long. So if you want to come in early, check things out, maybe do the barrel auction. Hey, why not? If you want to stay the entire week in Southern Oregon, believe me, there's plenty to do. Definitely destinations everywhere and a lot of fun across that region. That's all the time we have for this edition of Business Briefing. We'll talk to you again next weekend right here on The Voice of the Private Sector. Thanks for joining us and enjoy your weekend.